0: to another episode of the Carter cast. I'm your host Carter Vaughn on today's show. It's just Connor and I, and we do everything in NBA free agency. It's been a wild last few days. Like it always is in NBA free agency. We start off talking about Brian Wentworth somehow stealing the day become going crazy viral on Twitter and everywhere for his story. If you haven't seen first state, go check it out. It's all over social media right now. And then the ridiculous Rudy Gobert trade insane haul for the jazz. The Jazz got so much for Rudy Gobert. We get into that. The Zion extension, Malcolm Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari to the Celtics, DeJounte Murray to the Atlanta Hawks, and then the awful, awful Hornets situation with Miles Bridges and everything that's going on down in Charlotte. We also talk about a bunch more. It's one of the best episodes we've ever done, and I hope you guys enjoy. But before we get into today's show, we are brought to you by Pod Talk. Pod Talk is the best way to listen to podcasts. It has the best interface compared to every other podcast listening app out there. I use Pod Talk myself. Go download it right now in the App Store. Go join group discussions on your favorite podcast like this one. Go subscribe and talk about the Cartercast in the Cartercast group discussion on Pod Talk right now. Download Pod Talk in the App Store today. And now here's the show. All right, we're live. It's a late podcast. We decided to do it late. Free agencies. Yep crazy right now one of the most wild free agency days for the free agency class that is one of the weakest ones we've seen yep this has been chaos you you don't check your phone for 10 minutes all of a sudden it's a blockbuster trade
1: i'll tell you what though while the free agency class itself is not blockbuster there's no you know lebron james the decision or anything like that but it's guys that are forcing their way out of certain situations that are really making this a crazy offseason like Durant, Kyrie, Rudy Gobert just got traded. Like people like that. It's not necessarily free agents and like, oh, where are you going to sign? It's now more of a who has the best package to get this superstar player, which is insane to me. That KD literally has four years left on his deal. Arguably the best player in the league, and he's about to get traded. And probably the biggest trade in NBA history. Just seeing like the president of like what Gobert went for.
0: Yeah, but the real star of the day, everybody said it. if you've been on Twitter, the memes are out of control. Brian Windhorse stole the day.
1: Oh, yeah. I was actually working the first take this morning, and everybody in the control room was, like, freaking out because he was, you know, had this great storytelling. And I didn't think it was anything insane, although it was. He, he said a lot of nothing, and, like, I was hooked on it, though. I will say that.
0: Yeah, it literally looked like a kid who, like, had a little dirt on his, on his parents and, like, all right, like, what am I going to get out of this?
1: Yeah, exactly. But He was spot on, though, talking about the Jazz. And that makes me wonder. I wonder how early people like that find out. Like, has he just heard rumblings and he thought maybe it would happen? Or did he actually, you know, know something was for sure going to happen? I don't know. It makes me wonder.
0: It had to be in the works for a while. But um, let's talk about the trades. The biggest trade of the day, Rudy Gobert to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So the full trade details, Minnesota Timberwolves receive Jazz, Rudy Gobert. The Jazz receive Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Balmero. Four first-round picks, all, unprotect,
1: all unprotected except for one. That's just – For first glance, Rudy like, At first glance, you're like, wow, that's a lot. You'd be right. For Rudy Gobert, if you told me that trade package, I would say – wow the Timberwolves just traded for Kevin Durant that's that's what my first instinct would be if you just showed me that package without knowing who it was for but for Rudy Gobert let me just go on a quick tangent here Rudy Gobert a guy you can't trust in the playoffs a guy that has consistently been you've had to sub him off the court Luca in the Mavs ate him alive and now you want to pair him with Talents, no, who's not arguably, even Luca in the Mavs not even Luca in the Mavs Jalen Brunson in the Mavs yeah exactly Jalen he Brunson gave
0: Jalen Brunson
1: 25 million a year Yeah, that's that's very true. And the thing is, you're trying to pair him with Cat, who's been been a center his whole career, arguably could play the four, he can shoot the rock. But the thing is, defensively, in the playoffs especially, yeah, go Bears however many times defensive player of the year. In the playoffs, those two cannot be on the court together. Cannot. No. It'll get exposed, too. And apparently all the, like you just said earlier, all the Timberwolves are elated, you know, internally, there's a lot of celebration. For what? For what? You traded for a guy that plays the same position as the, as the guy you just gave a four-year Supermax to. Yeah. How is that? I, I don't understand how that's making so much better. If you're giving that package, I, I just can't believe it wasn't for somebody bigger, or at least somebody at a position of need. Maybe they've been wanting to move Carl Anthony Towns to the four for a while now. I'm not sure. But you would at least expect probably the biggest package they've given up in a long time to be for a position you actually need. I, I like, don't know.
0: I know defensively they would have been horrible, but doesn't that same trade package plus maybe like one other, like maybe you throw D'Angelo Russell in there? Doesn't that same trade package get you Donovan Mitchell?
1: I think so. Donovan Mitchell or a Bradley Beal.
0: Like, uh, and I get, I mean, I guess they're going, they're looking for defense because I mean, that's the only explanation for this,
1: but they traded away Pat Bev, their best, arguably best wing defender. But I mean, you know, it's Pat Bev. He's getting older by the day. That's not the biggest loss in the world. No,
0: but like, does is this team that much better? Like,
1: the are they is, above a five? Are they are they a four seed? No, God no, 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 no. Well, Go Bears. Good during the regular season. I still don't think they're a top four seed. It depends on how much how much Anthony Edwards makes that jump. How much Carl Anthony Towns? We mentioned it a couple shows ago. The all weak minded team or yep. whatever you call it. Yeah. It just depends on how much they can get it together and, like, mesh together during the regular season. They're not guaranteed a spot in the West playoffs. If they're in the playing tournament as a 7 or an 8, I'm not going to be surprised.
0: I I
1: think they're 6.
0: I don't think they're that bad. You they're they were 7th this year.
1: I bet I can name 6 Western Conference teams that will be above them. Golden yep. State. Golden State. Clippers. Denver.
0: Mavericks. That one's that one's neck and
1: neck, Suns. Depending, yes, Suns, yes, Suns. Either way, okay. I don't want to say it, but the Lakers could jump them. Like that's Mm. like the range that I see the Timberwolves in, Lakers, Mavs probably right above them. Obviously not the Jazz anymore, but I don't know. Like if they're in the playing tournament, that's not going to be shocking to me.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked by anything. I I mean. If they finished third, I wouldn't be shocked. If they finished tenth, I wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. Also, like, what do you keep D'Angelo Russell? Like, do you? I don't understand his play too. Like,
1: I don't know. Do you I think have to. You, you kind of have to. That's your point guard. I mean, you, you traded away Malik Beasley. Not that he's a starting caliber point guard, but that was your backup. You traded Pat Bev, who was also another guard. D'Angelo Russell's it. Unless they have another package put together or another free agent signing on the way, that's your point guard. And also, this is another thing too. It's like it's kind of like
0: the Jazz problem is where all other all other four players on the court for the Timberwolves are going to be awful defenders, just getting cooked. And Rudy Gobert is going to be
1: cleanup. We saw what happened
0: to the Jazz every playoffs.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. D'Angelo Russell, Mike Conley, about the same defensively. Royce O'Neal is a pretty good defender. Like honestly, Utah might have been better defensively around Gobert than Minnesota will be. Arguably. I, Depending I don't on who sports. you're
0: playing, because you have to like, if someone goes small. Who who is guard? Cat and Gobert cannot be on the court if they're going. If a team's going small, imagine them playing against Golden State. No, and, and say Kevon Looney's in. They're not even doing their death lineup. Like, yeah, who? Yeah.
1: Are, okay, so they're going to guard Draymond out there. Like, you, obviously
0: you Draymond can't hide. Can't
1: shoot. You can't yeah. hide both of them on the perimeter. You cannot hide both Gobert and Towns on the perimeter. That's going to cause huge problems, especially in the playoffs. It might work for a little bit during the regular season, and that's what I was gonna say. Cause I think the regular
0: season, it is gonna work. I think they're gonna be fine, and everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, they're gonna become the new Jazz." Uh, remember those DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry Raptors teams, those Hawks teams? They're gonna become that same team where it's like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Like they're a sleeper. Like, are they a real contender in the West? Is this I'll be the up year? next
1: on Get Up? Yeah, like, is this the year? And no, it's not. You're, they're not getting past the second round.
0: But that's the thing like because a lot of teams don't take the regular season as seriously that's why yeah. I'm saying like I wouldn't be surprised if they're a two seed like if, that kind of Rudy Gobert thing
1: really like would you be that surprised would you be that surprised I'm not that big of a believer in Anthony Edwards or talents not the Grizzlies the good.
0: Grizzlies were a two seed this year the,
1: that's who I saw
0: I was missing above there yeah, they're, they're were, gonna be we above were
1: this missing the Grizzlies we they were are. missing the
0: Grizzlies but the Grizzlies were a two seed that this year like that's how I'm saying like I'm not saying it matters whether they're a two-seed, but I do say like they could easily be a two-seed.
1: Yeah. Doesn't now mean
0: I, I still think they get bounced in the first round.
1: Now, I know nobody predicted the Grizzlies to be that high of a seed last year, but look, just looking at that team compared to this Timberwolves team, as it stands right now, the supporting cast around Ja and Memphis was so much better. Also, <laughs> dudes like what Desmond Timberwolves-
0: Bain and Dylan Brooks, even Ty Jones coming off the bench when Ja Morant was out, played out of their minds.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Memphis got the most out of their players, 100%. Um, but yeah, I just, and if you're like, let's talk about
0: the from the jazz side now, because if you're the, a jazz fan, one you knew the inevitable blow up was going to happen. I think this is the best case scenario you could have asked for right now, because one, if you're having to pick between the two stars, Donovan or Rudy, you're yep. definitely taking Donovan Mitchell. And then also you get this insane haul, insane haul for Gobert. The best you were looking at before was a first-round pick, Vucevic and Kobe White, even though I still think that's a bad trade for the Bulls if they would
1: have done that. Yeah, I agree with your point on that. But here's the thing about the Jazz is that they just came out and said they want to retool their roster around Donovan Mitchell. I don't think there's time for that. This time frame, like I don't know what retooling means. Unless they're going to flip those first-round picks in the next couple of years – Donovan Mitchell's in the prime of his career right now. It's the same thing as DeJounte Murray. In the He's first. forcing his
0: way out. He's forcing Jazz his way out.
1: He can't wait on the Jazz to retool because then it'll be too late. And that little window he has to compete in the West will be closed. And that's the other thing is like nobody's going to give up the same amount that they got for Gobert, for Donovan Mitchell,
0: because the teams that Donovan Mitchell wants to go to just don't have the same resources don't that Minnesota it. was willing to give up.
1: But th- But for what? What they got for Gobert, though, that might screw the rest of the league, for, like yep. setting that precedent. That is an insane amount of draft picks, young talent, all for Rudy Gobert, who's been an all-star a couple times, a couple times the fifth player of the year, but he's not a top 25 player in the league. Ooh. He's not. He's not. Not at all. And that package, you could have told me they traded for Kevin Durant with that package, plus, like, one more player, and I'd have been like – If they would have thrown, like, D'Angelo Russell back to Brooklyn <laughs> – yeah, I'd have been like, oh wow, so the Nets got a bunch of first round picks for KD. Like they're probably just gonna blow it up, start a rebuild. You know, like, like after seeing this trade, it makes the Harden to the Rockets haul for Harden so much worse. Yeah, one hundred percent. People are just throwing away first round picks like they're nothing. They're yeah, just exactly. out, like, growing trees, which it is so risky. It's like it's like I'm playing my GM on NBA 2K. I'm like, oh screw this, I'm not gonna be playing in the 2025 season anyways. Let me just yeah. throw all these picks at the trade finder and see what I get.
0: I mean, because if you're a GM, you have to save your
1: job. Yeah. Uh, the Jazz, there's no way Donovan Mitchell plays more than, even if he starts this year on the Jazz, which I am not convinced of, it's, it's going to be one year. It
0: has to be. I know, because that's what you mentioned it before, that Tony Jones, who will be coming on the podcast in a couple weeks, he of The Athletic, Tony Jones, go follow him on Twitter. He, he said they're going to retool around Donovan, and they said they're not done trading, but it's like, I don't. What, what do they have? What? What are they gonna? They have all this, all this right now. But who are they gonna get?
1: But if they were gonna flip that for somebody else, you would think it would just be a three-team trade. Like I've never seen a team acquire this much of an asset haul and then immediately flip it again. It's not gonna happen. No. So I, I
0: don't know what. I don't know. It's what very confusing. Trade. But the thing is, if you're a Jazz fan, I think you'd rather have Danny Ainge running things than anybody else.
1: Yeah, I agree. And this will probably pay off. You know, first-year head coach, you'll be some growing pains for sure. And I don't think Donovan Mitchell stays there long-term unless they pull off a miracle. But if they get any type of the haul they just got for Gobert, they'll be set up for the future. Yeah, they'll be in the same shoes as the Thunder. The Thunder are looking,
0: they're going to be pretty good in a few years. Exactly. Um, Yeah, I I, I don't understand it from, I kind of, I just, both sides are kind of weird right now because the Timberwolves, that's so much for Rudy Gobert. I just keep looking at the
1: trade package right here. Yep. That is so much. Yeah, I agree. It, it's one of those things we're, we're going to look back on, and when those first-round picks turn into something, they're going to be like, wow, the Timberwolves gave up this player and this player and Walker Kessler and whoever else, all for Rudy Gobert to get bounced in the second round twice. Like, yep. we're going to look yep. back on this in five years and be like, what the hell?
0: We could – the only I, – I really do think the only way we get proven wrong is if Anthony Edwards takes that step into an all-NBA player.
1: Yeah, I agree. And if talents continues to average, what, 25 and 12, like if that still happens with Gobert, the rim protector, then, you know, maybe.
0: Even that, man, that's, that's insane.
1: Yeah. Uh, can... That's enough on the Gobert trade. Yeah, I think so. We'll, we'll just have to see what happens. That'll be intriguing to watch. I will say that'll be intriguing to watch. Yeah, I know.
0: Also we're recording this at six 30 Eastern time right now. Um, where I know this, I said it before the podcast. I know the second, the second we hit end record on this podcast, it's going to say they're going to be Kyrie Irving traded to the Lakers. And we miss out on that until for another week or so, because we're yeah. only doing one podcast next week. Yeah. Um, all right. Brogdon and Gallinari to the
1: Celtics for basically nothing. I think that's huge for Boston. We've said it all along. We said Boston is a veteran point guard, somebody that won't turn the ball over a million times like they did in the playoffs got Malcolm Brogdon literally for nothing for Tyson E Smith and like what one pick. And then they cleared out the end of their bench. Yeah. But they accomplished. Malik,
0: the, I'll, I'll say the whole trade package real quick. Right. Daniel Theis, uh, Aaron Nismith, e 2023, first round pick, Nick Stauskas, Malik Fitz and Jawan Morgan for Malcolm Brogdon.
1: If you're the Celtics, you killed two birds with one stone right there. You got your veteran point guard that you needed and you unloaded Tyson salary. You unloaded the end of your bench that never even saw a meaningful minute in the playoffs. Anyways. I've always thought Boston was one of those teams that had nine players that could actually play. And, you know, some teams like the Warriors, like they have role players that didn't see the floor that could contribute. The end of the Celtics bench was horrible. You know, horrible. The NBA standard is amazing still. But by the NBA standard, they could not come into a playoff game and compete. They just cleared out half that, got their veteran point guard, signed Danilo Gallinari probably for not that much money. They haven't come out with the details yet. It's exactly what they needed. Yeah. They 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 have a beautiful business. They have a good problem now. It's, it's it's who do you start? You know, just Marcus Smart, defensive player do go to the bench? Because you have to start and, Brogdon. Well, and that's the thing
0: too, is like everyone talks about how injury-prone Malcolm Brogdon is. That's why everybody was turned off from him. But if even if he's hurt for a while, the Celtics are going to be fine in the regular season. It's not going to
1: hurt them that much. Yeah, 100%. And they're bringing back their entire core. And you you mentioned it earlier, Jason Tatum at the four. Against most teams, you can get away with that, especially come playoff time when teams love to go to that small ball lineup. And if you have Robert Williams protecting the rim, I think it's going to be okay. I think you can get away with playing Jason Tatum at the four because these athletic wings, they can switch off on the perimeter on defense like it's nothing. Exactly. That's what you mentioned too, is that they have
0: so many different options they can do on offense. They can go small. They can go big. They can defend. They can go offense. They've got so much. And yeah, their problem is now who to start. They're
1: now, I think they're tied for the favorite to win the finals next year with the Warriors. Yeah, and maybe the Suns. I know the Celtics. I think they might have jumped and took first place right now. I think they're – yeah, I think it got bet down to plus 400. But people are forgetting. People are, like, not downplaying, but they're like, oh, Malcolm Brogdon, whatever. He averaged 20-7. and seven. He should have been an all-star one year. Like, he's, he's a pretty good player when he's healthy. Legion Hoops just tweeted out as we're recording, multiple sources around
0: the league are now reporting that the Jazz may not be holding on to Donovan Mitchell after all. Shocker. The,
1: yeah, no. No, we just said that, yeah. Yeah, we didn't just go cool. on a
0: five-minute do yeah.
1: If you, if you ask the Jazz right after that go-bear trade, oh, what are you going to do with Donovan Mitchell? They have to say they're going to keep him until something actually happens. Yeah, why would you? There's no other reason. No. Um, Kevin Herter to the Kings, sick. I mean, Kevin Herter is pretty good. You, we mentioned it. Like, did he get undervalued a little bit? I mean, that's not going to be, you know, the Kings aren't going to compete. I don't even think that's huge for the Hawks. That is what it is. They got two, two role players. All right, a
0: little white guy debate. Who would you rather have? Same, Let's say they're on the same exact salary. Kevin Herter or Gordon Hayward? On the same salary? Same salary.
1: I think I'm going Kevin Herter.
0: I think I am too.
1: I have to because he, he's, he's on the court. He's on the court, number one. Number two, he's young. Has room to grow still. I think I'm going Kevin Herter. I think I'm going Kevin Herter too on the same. And deal. that's sad, and that's pathetic. We'll close
0: with Hornet stuff. We'll close with Hornet stuff. Oh, it's so bad. Kevin Herter tweeted out after getting traded to the Kings. This is my welcome to the league moment. Yeah, yeah buddy, Sacramento. it is. Sacramento.
1: Sacramento is where careers go to die. And speaking of Sacramento, Malik Monk signing that two-year deal. Get the bag. Yeah, sure, but damn, that's going to be irrelevant. Yeah. What? Like we- that's another team. Just what are you doing? They're just literally hodgepodging a bunch of weird, random, like somewhat valuable pieces together, but it doesn't seem like there's any real plan.
0: I mean, Donovan I guess, Mitchell's
1: totally getting traded tonight. Oh yeah. It'll, it'll be dumb. It'll be dumb before we go to sleep tonight. 100%. <laughs> uh, John Wall to the
0: Clippers. This wasn't today, but it was earlier this week.
1: Not a, I mean, nice deal for the Clippers. I think that really bolsters the Clippers. Cause whenever he, the last time he was really healthy with Washington, he was an all-star. He was putting up numbers. He played a few games with Houston, you know, like what half a season with Houston still put up pretty good numbers. They were horrible though. I think he's got a lot left in the tank. It'll be interesting to see how that year off affected him. But yeah, I,
0: I mean, he's going to the load management culture. So maybe we won't even see him play that much, but yeah, exactly. Are are, are we going to see, are we going to ever see what are the odds we see him? Reggie Jackson, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George all on the court together. How many games? The over-under, I'll set it at 10 and a half.
1: No, I would say like 20. <laughs> Maybe? 20, 25. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think it'd be that crazy. Because Kawhi's supposed to be healthy for the start of the year, right? Apparently. Because it was like talks of the returning in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into the Zion deal. All right, Zion Williamson. Gets his huge extension. Kind yep. of surprising. It was five years, $231 million, right? Something like that, yeah, along those lines. A gazillion dollars, yeah. Yeah. He got
1: the same deal as John Moran, it looks like. We we thought that uh, whenever he said he was going to stay in New Orleans and he couldn't wait to sign that extension, we thought that was smoke and mirrors. We thought that was complete BS. He was going to be out of there the first chance he could. I guess he likes it down there. I guess he likes what they're building because he – they said he signed that pretty instantly as soon as he was able to. Okay, well, there's a couple
0: things with that. Because one, that gives you insurance because he's an injury-prone dude. Yeah, it's, it's five years, $231 million, and it's yep. guaranteed. Yeah. The thing is, he's an injury-prone dude, so you're like, okay, I'm set. Like I'm set for life. I don't have to worry about this anymore. True. And then also with that contract is, what well, in the NBA, he can just force his way out after the next year.
1: Yeah, and you don't have to be on an expiring deal anymore. We're literally seeing arguably the best player in the world, Kevin Durant, on a four-year contract, forcing his way – really forcing his way to wherever he wants to go is what's going to end up being. And not to get, like,
0: soccer guy on you. This is how soccer is, though. Like, contracts are meaningless because it only matters the year you sign it. But then immediately, like six months later, you can just be gone because you're like, I hate this club. I'm leaving. I'm forcing my way out. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to show up to practice. I'm just – I
1: want to leave. It's been increasing more and more over the last few years in the NBA that, like, literally blockbuster trades like superstar for superstar were so rare a few years ago. And now it's expected. Now, like I said on the last podcast, people are photoshopping people in different jerseys, like, oh, if this isn't working out, let's just swap our best player for your best player. That never used to happen, ever. And so now you're seeing it with literally top of the food chain. Like, you would never think LeBron James would get traded. Well, I mean, he probably won't. He's probably past that age limit. But, like, Kevin Durant, arguably the best player in the world, is about to get traded. And that's, like, the top. Like, that is the peak of the mountain of trades. It's, like, the best player in the NBA is, like, eligible to get traded right after a long-term extension. That is crazy to me, and I would have never thought that. Back to the Zion thing, though. The thing is, if he's healthy, New Orleans is better than the Timberwolves. There's another team I forgot in the West. The Timberwolves will be in the playing tournament. I'm telling you right now. I don't give a shit about Gobert. They will be in the playing tournament. I'm telling you, and they and they might not make it out.
0: They might You're not make the, it out. The like, there are so many actual contenders in the NBA going into next year. I'm not saying the Pelicans are contenders, but they're a legit team. If Zion's healthy and Brandon Ingram played like he did in the playoffs in last season and CJ McCollum comes in and does what he did when he came to New Orleans last season, there is no reason why you
1: couldn't say this team makes a run to at least the second round. That's arguably not like a crazy big three, but their three best players can compete with just about anybody's three best players. I mean, Zion, when he was healthy, was all NBA level. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, averaging 27. Yeah, Unbelievable. He's averaging 27, seven, and six. Yeah, 100% agree. And there's so many good teams going into this year. And I think it's because players are progressing a lot faster than they used to. These younger guys are, you know, getting thrown in and making instant impact. And then these older guys who are, you know, up there in age, but they're still like Kevin Durant's 34. Curry's what, 34? They're still in their prime. That's the difference between like a few years ago and now. It's like those older players a few years ago, like you had what, Paul Pierce, like, in his career like none of these guys were still considered superstars and now that next generation where they should be like getting pushed down they're like oh like they're about to retire they're still at the peak of their career that's what it is is there's so many good players in the league now that that's why there's so many more loaded teams which is good for a fan perspective that's an excellent point excellent point because yeah like
0: back in the day you're like oh he's 32 he's done 32 exactly it's fine literally for yeah. some players if you're a gold guard players. 32 is a death sentence still. If you're who? If you're a six-foot guard, usually at 32, it's a death sentence. Unless your name's Chris Paul, and even then he hasn't won anything. And last thing on the Zion and the Pelicans thing is, I mean, everyone was trashing David Griffin. I mean, especially like, I think when he was at his worst was probably maybe earlier this year or when like the whole J.J. Reddick thing came out where like J.J. was demanding a trade and like this front office treated me wrong, whatever.
1: Look at them now. He's done a phenomenal job. We penciled the Pelicans in as Brandon Ingram's going there for his career to burn out. They're going to be bottom three in the West for the next five years. Even when they got CJ McCollum, we were like, "What does that really change?" Exactly. Yeah. And they made some noise in the playoffs, I will say. And if Zion comes back, because we were on the, we were at the, had the perception that Zion was gone. We we were fully convinced that he was leaving first chance he got. And now they built themselves into a, a really legitimate playoff team that could give a team a run for their money one of those top West teams.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Let's move on real quick. Cause we got a lot to talk about. Um, yep. Jalen Brunson gets the massive deal that we all expected. We talked about it on the last podcast. It was going to happen. It still makes no sense for the Knicks. It's a four year, $104 million deal. I mean, I like Brunson. 25 mil yep. seems like a lot. It, it seems like it puts you into this position where you're trapped. Kind of like those like 2016 Hornets years where it's like, yeah. okay, like you're an eight seed, but like, where does that really take you? Or like, you know, the magic just kept making the playoffs as an eight, seven, eight seed. Game that's one where DJ they're going to be.
1: Yep. Game yeah. one, DJ Augustine. Exactly. I will say with, with this Jalen Brunson situation though, a little bit of justice was served because people were freaking out. Like Mavs fans were like, he didn't even meet with the Mavs. Like that's his team. How could he not even meet with them? They locked DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> In a room, there's a little bit of justice server there.
0: Well, also, the thing with Jalen Brown, too, or Jay, sorry, Jalen Brunson, the Mavs are in the Kyrie sweet stakes now. And say what you want about Kyrie,
1: I think that's a great fit. He's better than Jalen Brunson. And if he stays on the court, there's not any vaccine mandate anymore, knock on wood, this season. Well,
0: and, te- and he's going to be playing in Texas.
1: It doesn't matter, anyways. Yeah, exactly. So if he can just stay on the court, which is big if, and people are like, oh, flight risk, whatever. If you're the math, you go for it, because that is that next piece. I don't know how him and Luca would pair together, but that is that superstar to take you over the top. I think they would pair very well together. I mean, the fact that Kyrie
0: paired that well with LeBron, I mean, true. him and Luca. I mean, I think it would work great.
1: And then also Christian Wood is an underrated piece if they do, if that does happen. He will be huge. Yeah, 100%. He'll be huge. He'll be huge for them anyways. Exactly. such an upgrade from Porzingis. Such an upgrade. You don't have to start Dwight Palaston anymore. That's a huge upgrade. I don't know. Jalen Brunson, though. Again, it's – yeah, he's one of the top free agents this year. Sure. But, like, that's so much money for the Knicks to give him. And Stephen A. hit it on the – I don't agree with Stephen A. that much, but he hit it on the head. They treated it like it was college recruiting. They were recruiting Jalen Brunson like he was LeBron or KD or something. Sending guys to sit behind the bench, meeting up with him at the draft, hiring his dad. Like, oh, congrats, you got Jalen Brunson. What's that going to do for the Knicks? What's that really going to do for the Knicks? If the Knicks would have been in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes or somehow got, like, Zion or something, then you're like, okay, like, Jalen Brunson. Even is Donovan Mitchell. Player. Yeah, then you're like, okay, Jalen is a good second-best player on that team. Like, they can make some noise. They're not going to do anything. Is, is Jalen Brunson going to make that much of a difference? Is he going to make that much of a difference over having Alec Burks or Emmanuel Quickly running the point guard position? I mean – Maybe let me let, let
0: me ask this. This will really decide it. After this,
1: are the Knicks making the play in? The play in? I mean, yeah, I think they could make the play in as a ten seed. Do you? It would be right on the verge. It would be right on the verge. It depends on Cause Julius Randle. Because you, you got to think though, like the teams like the Hawks were bad were bad last year.
0: They just got way better. Yeah. The Hornets are my, my Hornets are probably getting kicked out. Actually, Hornets are probably the that. odd man out. Of the point of time, if we're being <laughs> honest. Yeah, we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Um, speaking of uh, the Hawks, DeJounte Murray traded to the Hawks. Hawks trade, a few first-round picks, and uh, Gallinari for DeJounte Murray. I think it's a great trade on both sides. I, I think it was the right trade for the Spurs, and I think it was the right trade for the
1: Hawks. I think DeJounte Murray is a great fit with Trey Young. I will say, the Spurs, what a classy organization. They literally, DeJounte Murray came out and said they had a conversation with him, saying, we're about to go into a full rebuild mode. We don't want to waste your prime all-star years. They sent, him, they sent him to a situation where he could potentially win now. The only, the only issue I have with that, it's not really an issue. It's just I'm curious to see how him and Trey Young work together. Because Trey Young led the league in assists last year, or was the top three in assists. DeJounte Murray averaged eight and a half assists last year. They're both ball dominant players. There's only one ball. I don't know how that's going to work out. And you know, I'm sure they don't care about their assist numbers going up or down, whatever. I'm just curious to see how that works out with two ball dominant players like that. It could work really well because it'll be final. The defensive end, Dejounte Murray is a great defensive player. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Is defensively, I think. I think that's what this trade is more
0: about, actually, because Trey is such a liability on defense. It's like young Steph Curry when everybody was attacking him. Yeah, every single or like Jordan Poole in the playoffs when they just kept attacking Jordan Poole every single play. Um, I I like the trade. I mean, there's I'm not there's really not much to talk about on it besides like yeah, great trade. I think it puts the Hawks in a
1: way better spot. I think. I think this does lock him into a playoff position, like a six seed at least. I agree with that. I also think that the Hawks are not done this offseason. I think not John Collins, all. John Collins and or Clint Capella could be gone in the next week. For 100%. what? I, for what I don't know, but I don't think they're done. Someone just tweeted out Pat Dev to the Warriors question <laughs> mark. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Him and Draymond Green together. Oh my gosh. That'd
0: be so good. Um Oh, and then Kyrie with another stupid tweet of, like, a bird flying out of a cage. Cryptic tweet trying to say he's gone, and it's all over. Blah, hey, blah, 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 blah. That's, that's your
1: Duke guy. That's your Duke guy. What do you got to say for that? Whatever. He's so annoying. He's so good. He's so good. I'm not denying that. I'm not denying he's not good. You can't deny that he's just so annoying. He, he's it's gotten to the point where it's it's almost not even worth it yeah he put up a 60 ball this year and he exactly can, he's the top whatever player whenever healthy top 15 but the thing is it's almost not even worth all the drama he brings he literally i will stand by this he destroyed that brooklyn nets franchise that super team harden would not have left if kyrie wouldn't bat shit crazy exactly like in, it's in, james, just Harden's mind. Street, in james Harden's mind he's got to be thinking wow i'm playing with arguably the best player in the world kevin durant but Kyrie's a head case, like what's going to happen? There's so much off-the-court stuff. That's probably a major reason why he left. And also a major reason why KD's leaving. And all these reports bring up Brian Windhorst again about, oh, KD and Kyrie would love to play together again, just not in Brooklyn. There's no reason for that. There's zero reason. If they wanted to play together so bad, they would mend their relationship in Brooklyn. They're both under contract there anyways. They would just play the season together if that was actually true. They're not going anywhere together. It's not happening it's just not there's feasible no. for anybody because if you saw the go bear trade what do you have to trade for that it would have to literally be like ad i don't even think the lakers would give up enough to get both of them i don't think there's a world anthony davis is not enough for both of those players and that's all the lakers have 2033 draft picks and also another thing
0: about this you know steve nash is so gone
1: oh he's probably done coaching he's probably <laughs> going to go just chill <laughs> he's just going to go watch soccer in spain dude he's so done I saw something where, you know, if Durant and Kyrie both leave, they were talking about Steve Nash did not sign up to coach a rebuild project. He's not staying. If they, Whenever they leave, Ooh. he's gone. The minute they leave, he's gone. And you know what? I don't want to trash on Ben Simmons, but what do you think he's thinking right now? Because that is <laughs> that is arguably the worst situation in the world. But he made his bed. Because imagine yeah, yeah. if he played this year – And if he, like, it was
0: actually effective at playing at the peak of his powers, and he actually made a difference, and somehow, let's say, the Nets beat the Celtics. I think that might be an extreme. Yeah. But let's say he comes in, plays the best he can, plays a great defense, brings the Nets what they need, and they
1: beat the Celtics. Are we even talking about this? We're not even talking about this if Durant wore a half-size, smaller shoe size in Game 7. We're talking about Harden, Irving, and Durant, the big three just won a title and they're about to run it back again. And they all just signed long term extensions. That's what we're talking about. If that three is that, if that long two was the three and they won that game, they would have won the championship that year easily. And I think they would have won it again this year. That's a great,
0: that's going to be a great blog I'm going to write very soon is the NBA what ifs. That's the, that foot, what
1: that foot. That's the greatest what if I think ever. Cause you, you've literally got three guys in Brooklyn Harden, Durant, Kyrie. Three of the top 14, 15 players in the league.
0: And I know we're getting
1: on a tangent here, but I
0: have to we'll ask play this play. question. You're telling me the Kevin Durant shoe size, foot on foot on the three-point line, is a bigger what-if than Draymond getting suspended if he did not get suspended? I think Draymond not getting suspended is the biggest what-if. because I disagree. LeBron's, LeBron's legacy is way different if Draymond Green is not suspended and they come back and just win game six or game five whichever one he
1: got suspended I will say if they won that series I don't think Durant goes to Golden State
0: I say that too but also the main thing not even Durant going to Golden State I'm not even mentioning that what about LeBron LeBron's legacy is so
1: so much of it is just on the backbone of 2016 and that was amazing but the way Draymond was playing it's hard for me to you know, people argue, like, oh, like... That
0: ruins momentum.
1: It's all about momentum. People argue, oh, LeBron was on a mission, like, doesn't matter if Draymond was playing. You got to think about Draymond in 2016. Literally averaging damn near a triple-double, put up a couple 30-point games, shot 39% from three. Yeah, imagine that. Draymond Green shooting 39% from three that year. 73 and 19. I don't know if LeBron, if that, if that happens, does LeBron even have another championship?
0: Yeah. Because then you gotta you gotta think though if then KD wouldn't go to the Warriors.
1: Yeah, yeah, true.
0: I would take I would take my bet that LeBron would win another. But still, let's say he only has three, but like that one championship, like that was the only reason
1: moment.
0: is the only reason the go argument like between him and Jordan is a thing, is because
1: of that one championship. Yeah, that's fair. And you know, give your fly the like, NBA's, you know, and that's that is a what if. But then again, you can almost go that route where it's like, what if this player didn't get hurt? What if Chris Paul didn't tweak his hamstring? Did the KD and the Warriors get beat? What if, you know, Kawhi Leonard doesn't get his ankle destroyed? Or what if Kyrie and Kevin Love don't get hurt that first year? Did the Warriors even become a dynasty? You know, like there's a lot of what is. Now, that is a big one, Draymond Green suspended. Like that's that one moment, but it's almost like a team that's the healthiest and the the most hole at the end of the playoffs is, you know, usually going to come out on top. Yeah. All right, real Uh, quick
0: before we get into the Hornets. My guy Tyus Jones, two years, 30 million. Great deal. That's a steal for the Grizzlies because that is automatic security. Whenever John Morant's out, which is inevitable because he does get hurt and he does he does miss time in the regular season. It's not much, but he does miss time. Yeah. You're fine with Tyus Jones. He's gonna win you, he's gonna win you your games. He's not gonna win you a playoff series, but he'll keep he's
1: he's a perfect, perfect backup option. You won't see that drop off that a lot of teams see whenever they go to that second unit. Because the Grizzlies have the supporting cast. There's no job off.
0: And we were arguing before this on text that you were kind of surprised that he got that much. But the thing is, I think it's just so worth it because I think I think the most underrated quality in a basketball player is, are you comfortable when the ball is in his hands? That is true. And when Tyus Jones has the ball, you're like, okay, like I'm actually very comfortable with what he's going to do with the ball in his hands. D'Angelo Russell has the ball in his hands. You're like, golly, I'm about to have a stroke. Even LaMelo, you're like, holy shit. Exactly. What's about, what's about Lomelo, to especially at the end of a game with LaMelo. It's a nightmare. It is a nightmare because nothing – the thing with LaMelo is there is no difference between him in a blowout in the second quarter or him with one minute left, game seven of the NBA finals. He is going to think the
1: exact same no he's matter gonna, what. He's going to throw that full court pass no matter what the scoreboard says. Does he's going to take
0: a step back three with 20 seconds on the shot clock.
1: Yeah. No, I mean back to the Tyus Jones thing. Though it's like I didn't think he'd get that much, but then I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the comparison, to all these other contracts, and kind of the money that everybody else is getting. I'm like, that's not crazy. Like it's it's not that crazy. Fifteen mil sounds like a lot, and it would be a anywhere. lot five five years ago. And now now people are getting like fifty five million a year super maxes. Like Jokic, John, and you know, the salary cap is about to go up too. It's it's not going to look that bad. But also with uh, another
0: Duke guy, Marvin Bagley, kind of yeah, surprised he got twelve mil a year.
1: Good for him. He showed flashes with the Pistons last year. and I will say this. Talking about the Eastern Conference, the Hornets might be getting balanced out of the play. And the Pistons could make a real run at the playing tournament. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. They have a lot of good assets. And it might take a couple of years to like be really good. But are the Hornets going to be that much better than Detroit this year?
0: I, we'll get into that in just a second. I, I, want, I do want to touch on Detroit, though. Yeah, We mentioned yeah. this before. They're going to be the league pass team. They have to be. They, they have, have to be. They have to be like the minus 200 favorite to be the funnest league pass team. There was a Hornets last year, and I think they got stripped of that title. A hundred percent. Well, let's get into the Hornets. Let's do it. Bad, 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 bad times to be a Hornets fan. Miles Bridges, uh, I mean, I like, let's not sugarcoat it. I mean, got arrested for domestic violence. I mean, it's awful, awful every way you look at it. I'm not going to sit here and, do all this, like talk about domestic violence and stuff. It, it's just a bad situation all around. It's just, yeah. I mean, I, I, I sent it out on Twitter or whatever. It's just
1: sad. First and foremost, there's no excuse for that. And from the looks of it, it was like really bad. And the thing about that is, is apparently it's been going on for a while. And the horrible thing is you wouldn't even know that unless she came out and went to the police or came out with the pictures and everything. You would not have ever known that. And the worst part is, we don't have to get too far into this, but did it in front of his kids, you know, at the very least, even if you're in an argument, even if, you know, you're not together at the time in front of the kids. And like, you're doing that to the person who like literally had your kids and you're supposed to love and protect and do all this stuff with that is insane to me. And I literally have a miles Bridge Jersey hanging in my closet that I will probably never put on again, because basketball aside, I, I don't see the, I don't see him playing another game for the Hornets, nor should he horrible look for the organization. And even if you're the NBA and all this evidence comes out, You kind of of have to do something. Exactly. And this is one of the first cases with the NBA with like
0: domestic violence because like the NFL deals with it all the time. Yeah. Like we, I mean, like we saw what happened with like Donald Sterling. I I wouldn't be surprised if Adam Silver made
1: Miles Bridges an example. That wouldn't shock me. There's been like minor cases. I was actually researching a little bit whenever the news broke, like Darren Collison got suspended 24 games for it. Jeffrey Taylor back when the Bobcats got suspended uh, a few games for it back whenever that happened. So the precedent, what you would think is that Miles Bridges will eventually be back in the league, and even this is even coming from a diehard Hornets fan who's loved Miles Bridges up until this point. I don't know if he should be like that is absolutely horrible, and I don't know whoever's watching. Like hopefully the uh, the, uh, the victim's okay and the kids, but I just think that's horrible, and I don't I don't know how I don't know how I didn't come out before if it had been going on so long. And because you would never know from the outside looking in, like you would think Miles Bridges is a good person. Yeah, yeah It's
0: I, it's just bad. It's rough um, all
1: around. And before we get into the basketball thing, I just want to we just want to talk about that for a second because you know basketball second to what actually happened here. But from a from perspective of a Hornets fan and what we talk about on the podcast, it it sucks all the way around. Yeah, it's I mean it's awful.
0: Let's get into the basketball side of it. One, it, I mean, and not like not to take away anything from like the victim or anything. It's just crazy, like it comes out like the day before the biggest day of his life, to be
1: honest. Unreal. Unreal. That's probably karma working his magic. Like, oh, you're about to get probably a max contract. But you've been, you know, beating the shit out of this woman for however many years. You know, the day before you're supposed to get a max contract. I think that's kind of not justice served, but like, thank God it came out before we got $120 guaranteed dollars.
0: Yeah, it's bad. But let's talk about the basketball side of it.
1: Not even the basketball side.
0: The fact that the Hornets lead the NBA in a this year, like it is chaos. This is the worst Hornets off season of all time. Crown Club tweeted out, this is the worst Hornets off season of all time since the team got moved. And I it's agree. arguably like up there with that, because this was the most important off season we've ever had as Hornets fans, Bobcats Dawn fans, whatever. It's awful. Every way across the board. We rehire our old coach, one of our star players gets arrested for domestic violence. One of our center is now got arrested for having weed. And then it's, sh- and we're stuck in these contract situations. Awful draft night, horrendous draft night by trading
1: the 13th pick for essentially nothing. Yep. Yeah, 100%. And I was listening to the Locked on Hornets. Shout out Locked on Hornets. You can't really group in the Miles Bridges situation with the Montres Herald situation because. I feel like in the NBA, what Montrezl Hero got arrested for is a lot more common. And in, in, in that, but it, it's just and yeah, the, and I'm not disagreeing with that. It's just the fact the that, fact like, that he got all caught. this is coming together. And yeah, and getting caught and and you want to know what this is coming together to make. It's all getting brewed up in a little potion. The Lomelo Ball Ball's gonna drink it, and he's off. He's off to LA, he's off to New York. It's getting the wishes, Bruce coming, and he's out of here. I'm telling you. And we're back to square one. The way this is looking right now. And I don't blame him. No shot he signs an extension. No chance. Yeah, so I here,
0: tweeted that. I, I tweeted that out, too. It's almost a certainty he doesn't come back. There, why? Why would he? What have we shown to bring him back? What have we shown as a small market team to say, hey, man, you want to stay for this horrendous franchise that's awfully ran? Like, just, it's it's Charlotte hey, sports, it? man. It's Charlotte sports. It's just what we deal with every all the time. We deal with the Panther. I'm – I can't even talk right now because I'm going to get into a Panthers rant where we're only talking about the NBA, but it's a disaster. Everything's a disaster. It's all, all hell is hell's coming on us.
1: Maybe there's some truth to all those analysts who are talking about LaMelo to L.A. or Miami or New York the day he was drafted. Maybe there's of some course. truth because Charlotte can't handle it. They don't know how to treat a superstar like that. The closest thing we've had to LaMelo is Kimball Walker, and that wasn't a superstar. He was an all-star, sure, but that's not a, a franchise-changing player. The, exactly. That's another thing we should mention, too, is that I mean, we, we
0: always talk about it for years. One of the biggest NBA conspiracy theories is that David Stern rigged the 2011, or 2012 NBA draft to get Anthony Davis to New Orleans. Let's say that the Hornets do get Anthony Davis. Who's to say that we do anything different than what New Orleans did? Because we, we always begged, begged for a franchise generational talent kind of player. We never got it. We always got the Michael Kidd Gilchrist, Noah Vonley's, Cody Zellers, that kind of bullcrap. And then all of a sudden, no disrespect to those guys. And then then we come in, we finally get LaMelo, and it's awesome. We're like, oh, my gosh, we're finally looking up. Like, Hornets are promising. People like the Hornets. Hornets are nationally recognized
1: for outside their uniforms. And now it's just going back down, back down. And the thing is, the Hornets have been drafting well, you know, up until this point, Miles Bridges, but P.J. Washington, Cody Martin, Devontae Even Grammys Mark Williams, Williams I like Is. I like Mark Williams as a pick, too. I'm perfectly fine with that. The reason I was upset on draft night is because we gave away a lottery pick for damn near nothing. But, no, the Mark Williams pick I thought was great. It just seems like the Hornets are heading back down that dark road to square, run, square one where it's like, oh, what can the Hornets do in a last-ditch effort to keep LaMelo in Charlotte and then they blow up the roster and trade away the future picks to try to keep LaMelo there. Then he leaves anyways. Cause the thing is, if you're LaMelo, is it even worth
0: signing the extension and then you have to force your way out? Like, is it even worth playing that one year to force your way out?
1: I'm or do honest, you just take less money to just be like, I'm done. I got to get out. I don't know. I, I honestly don't even know. I feel like you would, I honestly don't even know. I used to be confident that LaMelo would stick around. He really liked Charlotte. I thought we were doing a good job of building up the team around him. It feels hopeless right now. It feels like we get to have another couple years to have fun, watch LaMelo and make some crazy plays, maybe win a playing game, and that's it.
0: I will say this, though, after the Steve Clifford hire, the more I hear him in interviews and everything, it it makes me do feel a lot better about Steve Clifford coming back. I mean, he's great with the media, obviously. I mean, we saw that before in Charlotte. Um, I I, like, it is like, the more I hear him talk, the more I'm like, okay. Like, was this that bad of a hire? Probably not. But the optics are awful. Like we mentioned before, the one thing I did want to touch on, we'll probably close here. All the Hornets fans are freaking out because like the Hornets aren't making moves or anything, but honestly, like after the mile situation and all that's going on and with the Gordon Hayward contract, we're kind of stuck to what moves can the Hornets really make? And who do you really, who do you really want that's
1: available that we could, realistically get i don't i don't know what to i don't know what to tell you over that because it is true the hornets are we haven't ran the exact you know tracking it i think they're the only they're one of the only teams to not have made a single move yet in the offseason if not the only team actually i think we're the only team yeah i think that's true and with the whole miles situation they obviously are dealing with that they have to come out with a statement decide what to do you know i assume rescind the qualifying offer and that kind of thing but free agency wise There's nobody else out there that I can really be like, wow, the Hornets should really get him. That's going to make a real difference. The only person that comes to the top of my mind, and this has been in rumors for years now, is Miles Turner, just because Brogdon got traded from Indiana. But now after the Hornets gave away that 13th pick for nothing, what the hell do we have to give? Well, and not even that too is
0: we don't have Miles Bridges anymore. Yep. That's gone. And Gordon Hayward, you kind of can't say he's he's a player because he never plays. So yeah. our lineup is basically LaMelo, Terry, I mean, you'd say Gordon, and then PJ and Mason
1: Plumley. Plumley, It'll still be Plumley. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be a worse version of last year's team. And that's why I'm saying,
0: like, we're – the. that's why every Charlotte fan, I'm speaking to you right now. I'm going to look in the camera. I'm speaking to every Charlotte fan right now. Just have your expectations at zero for the Panthers and the Hornets. Just keep them at zero. It's it's gonna be awful. It's gonna be terrible. Don't have any expectations. Yep. Don't go into training camp when you see tweets from all these beat reporters being like, "Oh yeah, Terrace Marshall, fifty yard touchdown. He's looking great in practice." Yep. Or in NBA training camp, they're like, "Wow, guys, Jalen McDaniels is really looking like he's gonna be the next Giannis." Don't believe the, Don't believe the BS headlines. Just go into it, zero expectations. Enjoy Eric Collins while we have him because he's yep.
1: probably leaving us for na- national television too. Yep. And hey, just going going right off what you just said, don't fall for the Lamello to Kai Jones offseason crazy lobs that we're gonna see. <laughs> Cause as soon as Kai Jones steps foot on that cord, he looks look like a deer in headlights. Don't fall for that crap. We thought he was gonna be in the rotation last year. Clearly not. I don't even think that's why I'm I love gonna, sports. That's why I love sports, because I'm totally gonna fall for all that crap. I'm gonna oh, yeah. see this,
0: and, I'm gonna see them like Kai Jones. I mean, he might be, he might make that next step to
1: being an all-star. Why doesn't Nick Richards get 15 minutes a game? He's not that bad defensively. God. And the thing is, I just I pray to God that the Hornets don't send Mark Williams down that path where it's like, oh, you're gonna be playing behind Nick Richards. And then he never sees the floor. That would be ridiculous. And that's something I could see.
0: Yep. Maybe more um, so with
1: Rego, but we'll see. Yeah.
0: Just bad. It's bad time being a Charlotte sports fan. It's all. It I mean, 95% of our lifetime is bad being a Charlotte sports fan, but there was, yeah, yeah, was a exactly. glimpse. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And <sighs> false hope is what will kill you. Um, Bill Simmons just tweeted out. Tell me if you think this is a, a play team in the West. Sabonis, Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes, Darren Fox, Davion Mitchell, Kevin Herter, Malik Monk, or Sean Holmes.
1: When you read out those names, it, it's like I said before, <laughs> got good talent. It's a hodgepodge. It's, it's literally a melting pot of like, oh, wow, they got some talent. That's a good pickup. Mike Brown? Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. Like, there's potential there, but then you look at the team. You look at the logo, Sacramento Kings. You don't really, you really <laughs> think the Sacramento Kings are going to be in the playing tournament. Because, yeah, now
0: it's, now it's going to turn. It's also like, what are the Blazers doing?
1: No, the Blazers are worse than the Kings. They made one of those weird moves, like, got Jeremy Grant, and it's like, why? Yeah, yeah. They're kind of doing what the Spurs
0: did for years, where they were just, like, refusing to go into rebuild mode. So who's the the worst five teams in the West then? It's because, you know, Tim McPlain tournament. It's going to be the Jazz. Thunder. Thunder, Spurs. Rockets. Rockets. Dang, that's a lot of good teams. It's got to be the Blazers, then. Blazers and Blazers and Kings are going to be competing for that 10th spot. Because I put the Pelicans above them. Yeah. Pelicans above them. Mavs, Wolves. Everybody, everybody.
1: Everybody else is above them. Lakers. That's a strong conference. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. Let's say
0: say Donovan Mitchell does stay in Utah. That's still like a not a bad team. Especially if some
1: guys like come out, some of these rookies come out and play well. Yeah. And that just goes back to my earlier point is there's so many more good players in the league now especially good young players that you expect to be in the playoffs. But now there's just so many good players at the top of their game in the league. You can't use, there's going to be so many teams that are so good on paper that don't even make the playing tournament. That's literally what it's going to be. All right. Well, we need to wrap it up because we could go
0: on for 20 hours on this. This is I, NBA free agency is amazing. I mean, people say no, it no. all the time. It's almost better than the actual games.
1: It is. You're sitting there on your phone. And you're like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? And then you get like, Woe's bomb. It's like, oh, my God, wait, woe's tweet. Luke Cornett's re-signing with Boston. You're like, ah, yeah, maybe next time.
0: Also, back to what I said about Donovan Mitchell being on the Jazz. There's no chance. By the time you hear us talking in your voice on next week's podcast, there is a 100% trade Donovan Mitchell is wearing a freaking Heat uniform, probably.
1: And probably by the time you listen to this podcast, Kyrie will be trading <laughs> the Lakers. Exactly. Probably by 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight, he'll be gone. So <laughs> take that
0: all right, that'll wrap it up from us. Uh, check out cartercast.com. We've been posting daily articles on there. Uh, check out the YouTube page. You know the whole drill. Twitter, at Connor underscore Sparrow, at Carter at CarterCast on everything. Um, and then next week, we're only doing one podcast. Fourth of July, Connor will be out next week. He'll not be on the podcast. We have Dylan and Brian back on the podcast coming next week. Going to talk some college football and maybe do, uh, maybe do a little draft. It's summertime. You don't have much to talk about. Okay, do a little yeah. draft. So, yeah, we got to talk about college football because this is insane. Because now a report just came out saying Notre Dame and Oregon are going to the Big Ten, too.
1: It's, yeah, it's banana. That'll be, that'll be a crazy, that'll be a crazy one. All right.
0: Well, we'll see y'all next week. Happy Fourth of July. And we'll see y'all then. Bye.